0: Well, you are listening to Meeting House here on Faith Radio. It is great to welcome back to the program, Jonathan Pitts. He is an author and speaker. He is executive pastor at Church of the City in Franklin, Tennessee. Prior to moving into that position, Jonathan was the executive director at the ministry of Dr. Tony Evans, The Urban Alternative. He is the author of several books, two books that he wrote with his late wife, Winter, and his latest is entitled My Winter Season and seeing God's faithfulness in the shadow of grief. Jonathan Pitts, thank you so much for spending some time. Thank you for being willing to share your story. In fact, as I recall, the last time you and I had the opportunity to talk, you had just released the book called Emptied, which was a marriage book that you and Winter had written together. Her life ended suddenly, here on this earth, and now you are writing. A, or you've written a book and are are sharing more about the story? I think so many people, because of Winter and her relationship, as well as your relationship with Dr. Tony Evans and the evans family it's really a story that attracted worldwide attention jonathan pitts let me welcome you to the meeting house here on faith radio and tell me first of all as we open up our conversation why is it that you wanted to tell this story in book form
1: sure well bob thanks for having me um i you know one i'm honored to share this story because i feel like the story is one that isn't just my story um it's a story that God wrote. It's a story of a girl um, who lived out God's purposes for her life, and you know, by God's grace, I got to be included in that. I got to serve her for a little more than 15 years as her husband, 15 years and 27 days to be exact. I got to mm. serve her by serving her four daughters, which are also my four daughters, and it's one of the great joys of my and, and honors of my life to just share her story, our story, what God did through her life, her ministry, which was massively impactful. is a short season of her ministry for Girls Like You and her magazine, but for about six years I watched her just thrive in what God called her to, and in watching her um, fulfill God's purposes for her life, I've grown as a man. And so it's just, I don't know, it's a joy to share, and honestly, more than anything, it's um, a reminder to me and to anybody else that would would read that God is faithful, and if you look close enough you can see His faithfulness. Philippians 4.8 says, whatever is true, right, honorable, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy um think on these things and it's a book about thinking on the things and looking at the things that God did in our story, some of which are massive and big and you can't help but see the fingerprints of God on. And other ones are smaller and things that I think I had to look deeper to see what God was doing. But just trusting him, even in, you know, the darkest days of my life, it's been a crazy two and a half years at this point. And um I've watched God be really, really faithful in the really, really difficult. And I've watched God be really faithful in um the little things. And so I'm just really grateful to be able to share some of those stories, specifically from um, my time together with Winter um, in our marriage and in our ministry together. But even after that, God blew my mind with ways that he cared for me, ways that he cared for my girls, ways that he provided for me, and Mm -hmm. ways
0: that he provided for my girls. Well, Winter's death was by no means expected. She passed away in 2018 at the age of 38, you were in a transitional period yourself. You were moving from Dallas to Nashville. As I understand it, that was part of the overall season. You had, are you have four daughters. And so tell me just a bit about how God showed up in your life, even through the unexpected, as we might say.
1: Yeah, well, we were moving – we we felt like God was calling us um, to just a new season of ministry and life, and we were moving from Dallas where I worked for Dr. Tony Evans, and we lived for about 14 years at that point to Nashville for me to be an executive pastor here. I was excited to Franklin, specifically Franklin, Tennessee, uh, kind of the Mecca of uh, Christian uh, <laughs> entertainment, I'd say. And um, so we were moving here. I was excited about my new role at Church of the City, and I was excited for winter and thinking that God was moving us here even for her ministry because of the connections that are here and just ways that her ministry could grow here. But what's interesting is we came here, and it was actually two weeks after we bought our house and got our girls into school here and got our life set up. We went back to Dallas for a week, and she would pass away in Dallas. And then um, just as we – obviously, it was a really tough time. We're trying to figure out what to do. It was my oldest daughter and I that were having a conversation that really, really reminded me that God had set us off on this journey. So we actually kept going. We we decided to go to Franklin and and stay and stay in our new home that we had just bought a few weeks before. And it was honestly what I thought I was. I thought we were coming here to contribute in Nashville in this area. And really, God was bringing us here to heal. He was bringing us to this quaint, beautiful town that's full of godly people and a church where they were ready to receive us and care for us. And that was one of the bigger things God did. He literally set us off on a journey that Winter signed off on. She bought the house with me. She got our girls in school with me. She did all the things that she would want to do to get us set up for success. And for whatever reason, she couldn't join us. But God would place us and drop us in the middle of a place where we would be surrounded by – just the people of God. Um, You know, there's a verse, uh, Psalm 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he rescues them. And I would say church of the city and our family in Nashville that we didn't even know, believers in a town we didn't even know, would be a part of surrounding us and caring for us. And um, just a really beautiful picture of the kingdom of God and adoption within the kingdom of God that I've never experienced at that level before, Um, neither had my girls. It's just one of the things I'll be grateful for the rest of my life.
0: Jonathan Pitts is the author of this new book entitled My Winter Season and I wanted to ask you just to to talk about, as we continue to rejoice in God's faithfulness, obviously a very difficult time in your life and in the lives of your four daughters. So you mentioned moving to Nashville, really becoming part of a congregation. Not only were you serving in leadership in that congregation, but also God had them in a very special time, special season in your life tell me about how it is that you really saw god's faithfulness as you set out to raise your four daughters as a single dad yeah well one of the
1: things uh the day of my wife's funeral day of winter's funeral in dallas um my oldest sister her name's carmen she walked up to me and she said john i feel like the lord told me um if you need me i'm supposed to come serve you and your family uh, this is the same sister who had served my youngest sister when her husband was in medical school and she was a working um uh hospital administrator for a couple of years, served her with her couple little okay, little kids and I was naive enough to think I can move to nashville pastor um finish uh promoting a book that my wife and I had written together on marriage and raise these four girls mm. and I'd be okay, I'm type A enough or I'm like, I got this so we moved to Nashville I got here, and two weeks into that, I burned a chicken and i was crying and my girls were laughing and i went up to i went upstairs to my bedroom and i called my sister who was living in new jersey at the time she had never been married no kids um, served her church with most of her life and did ministry in the mental health space and and um, has a master's degree in counseling so i call her and i said hey is that offer still on the table and she said yes and so uh two weeks later it was memorial day weekend she jumped on a plane she had sold her car Uh, Got rid of most of her belongings, broke the lease on the place she was staying in, and moved to Nashville. And the woman that my girls knew vaguely as Aunt Cece has now, over the last two and a half years, become just affectionately known as Cece. And she is a surrogate mom to my girls, and she is a, uh, a a helpmate of sorts to me. She's not my wife, obviously, but she's become a helpmate of sorts to me and just a surrogate in our home and in our life that is the hands and feet of Jesus to us. And I eat dinner most nights because Carmen prepares it. My girls eat dinner most nights because Carmen prepares it. Uh, carpool is shared. Um, we just share the responsibilities in our home. And what's beautiful about that is it's a beautiful picture of the kingdom of God because Carmen's single, never been married, never had kids, and now God has given her the opportunity to be a mother to the motherless and um, and uh, really just be a part of a, a family and it's it's, it's it's a beautiful picture of um, adoption two ways she's adopted us and we've adopted her and I, I pray that God will give her a husband one day and I, I know that's going to happen but ultimately uh, for this season God's used her to surround my family surround my girls and, um, and, and give to me what I never thought one I would need nor did I think I would accept and it's been a beautiful offering that I have accepted I'm grateful for it grateful to
0: God for her well, Jonathan, obviously God gave you and Winter a ministry together, and we've gone through the the journey and talked about that just a bit. At what point did you come to a position where you said, okay, it's time for me now to to tell her story, to tell our story to share about God's faithfulness. When you really sense that, okay, you've been you've been grieving, you've been healing, you've been trying to go through this time of loss and just getting adjusted. How did you sense that there was a, another season, an, another ministry, if you will, that was awaiting you, uh, again, a national platform to be able to, to share what God had done in your lives?
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I wasn't thinking anything about platform. I just actually started writing down the stories. I'm a writer by nature. I love to write. And so outside of writing with Winter, we co-authored two books. I just love to write. I love to edit. I love to write. And one of the things I started doing right away for my own therapy was just writing out the stories of what God had done, Um, my sister coming to town. Uh, how God provided for us financially, um, how God provided this beautiful private school that my girls were in, how God got two of my other girls. I had two girls in this school, I couldn't afford for the other two to be there, and all these different things. I just started writing them down. And um, I, I, I can't remember at what point, but some months later, um, my book publisher, who was also a winter book publisher, had become family to us just said, hey, would you be willing to share some of these things? I had already been sharing the stories on Instagram and sharing it just with the world um, because I just wanted to express what God was doing and sharing with people that were invested in me and praying for me. just wanted to be sharing with them what God was doing. And so I guess I would say some of my own therapy turned into uh, into podcasts and some blog posts and some different interviews, and all that has now turned into a, a story that, uh, that I get to share that will, I think, just be kind of a um, – uh, a memoir of sorts and, and a reminder of what God's done for me. And then hopefully a, a a little bit of hope for somebody else that's hoping for the same thing um, as they've gone through loss or gone through uh, a loss of any kind, loss of a loved hmm. one, or even just the loss of, I always say grief is um, just dealing with lost expectations. And so any loss you have, it really is the same process. It can feel sometimes harder than, than less hard. Obviously the loss of a loved one is the hardest thing you can go through, but loss of all kinds I think can resonate with um, the stories I share. Cause
0: it's really just seeing God's faithfulness in the middle of your grief. Jonathan Pitts joining us today here on The Meeting House on Faith Radio. He's authored the book called My Winter Season, Seeing God's Faithfulness in the Shadow of Grief, a tribute, if you will, to his late wife, Winter, what he saw God do in their lives together and since her passing, how God has been at work in his life and in the lives of his four daughters. And Jonathan, you are In position in leadership as an executive pastor at a church in Nashville. You obviously come face to face, especially in the midst of this pandemic, with people who've experienced loss, grief, perhaps lost loved ones, loss of jobs, loss of stability in our lives. As you are able to now share out of the depth of your Experience. What do you sense are some messages that God has given you in order to minister to people who are experiencing loss right now? Yeah, I mean,
1: I think the two main messages that I carry just innately in who I am, I'm not sure if God gave these to me prior to winter's passing or with her passing. The first is the one I mentioned, Philippians 4.8, like just having a perspective That God is in control. So, in in order to do that, Philippians 4 8 says, Whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is honorable, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, think on these things. Paul's telling us to do those things because everything isn't those things. There, there's lots of other things we could be looking at. We could be sad. We Obviously, sadness is an okay feeling to have, but we could be looking kind of glasses, half-full mentality, but Paul calls us to look higher. Paul calls us to look at what's true and right and honorable and pure and lovely because he knows that in so doing, it's going to change our perspective to what God's actually doing in the middle of our loss, in the middle of our grief, despite the fact that those feelings are real. So the first is just gaining perspective, and then the second is what I would call just a discipline of celebration, which is just this reality of Paul says in that same book in the book of Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, again, rejoice. And Paul's calling us again to something higher that we can celebrate despite what we're going through. Paul's saying that in the middle of all the pain he's going through, and there's persecution happening, and um, you know, he's, he's not writing this this letter from a place of uh, perfection and riches and all these worldly blessings. He's writing this from a place of uh, real brokenness and real sadness and all that's happening in the church in that time. But he's saying rejoice in the Lord always, again I will say it, rejoice, and he says that because he knows it's in rejoicing um, that we can actually live out the Christian life. You know, I think about uh, the, the verse in Hebrews that says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, talking about Jesus. That we can have the same mindset that Jesus had, although he was going to endure tremendous suffering, um, he could, with hope, look ahead to what was going to be accomplished, which was our salvation. And so in the same way, like Jesus, we can imitate him and we can imitate Paul and look forward to the hope that is coming. Dr. Evans, my mentor, always says that hope is joyful expectation of a better tomorrow. And regardless of what we've gone through, no matter the loss we've experienced, because we have Jesus, because we have God, because we have a a hope, not only in this world that life can get better, but much more so in eternity that life will get better, we can always have a reason to rejoice because life is going to get better and we can have that hope. And so, yeah, I would say perspective that God's in control. And just a rejoicing, regardless of what we 're walking through because um, because we know that the, that the story ends better
0: than where we mm-hmm. might be, well, Jonathan, the story that God has given to you and to winter has touched so many people. People watched her funeral service online. you had a thousand people who attended the service in person, as I understand it, Nevertheless, as you relate in the book, winter really struggled with matters of meaning and purpose and so for the reader of this book someone exposed to her story and and your story, what could you say as far as encouragement to pursue the meaning that God has in store for someone?
1: Yeah well one I would say God uses imperfect people. Um, I'm one winter mm-hmm. was one. All of us are yes, on this indeed. earth. We're perfect yep. people working towards perfection in Christ. Um, there's a verse that would summarize it for me, Acts 13:36. It says, David served the purposes of God for his generation, and then he fell asleep. David, King David, David that killed Goliath. If we read about his life in the, in, in the Bible, we see nothing but failure after failure after failure, and God's grace after God's grace after God's grace. And David is a perfect example of someone who lived an imperfect life, but had a heart after God, the Bible would say, and in his heart after God, Despite his imperfections, he served the purposes of God for his generation. Acts 13:36 says, and then he fell asleep. So I would say, despite your imperfections, in spite of your imperfections, with your imperfections, with Christ by your side, you can fulfill your purposes, and you can know that God will fulfill your purposes, regardless of where you are, how you feel, and even how much time you have left. Winter had no idea how much time she had, and somehow, some way, God allowed Winter to start this ministry for girls, mother these four girls that she had, watch all of her girls get baptized, and and this. I mean, obviously it was. A a tragic story of her dying at thirty-eight, but somehow, some way I am convinced that winter served the purposes of God for her generation prior to falling asleep. And so God has a way of being able to in his grace and his mercy Take all of our imperfections and mix it up with His purposes and allow us to accomplish them in whatever time He set aside for us. We don't get determined determine the time. We don't get determined even uh, how often we fail. All we can do to determine is having a heart after God and He works out the rest. And that's what's beautiful about winter's story. She was this beautiful woman that was imperfect, who served God's purposes. And I get to—I had a front-row seat to seeing her in all of her humanity, and seeing how good God was uh, to allow her even to fulfill the dreams of her heart. And so uh, I just think God's that good and that kind to, if we're walking with Him, um, show us how to do that. And so that's my encouragement is just to, just submit yourself to God and watch Him just move miraculously in your life. Ultimately, God still fulfilled His purposes, but life still feels like life. So I, I don't want to—I
0: don't want to <laughs> paint a pie-in-the-sky vision of what it looked like. Jonathan Pitts joining us today. Jonathan, very quickly, you mentioned the ministry that God had given to Winter Call for Girls Like You. Are you still able to carry that on?
1: Yeah, yeah. So for Girls Like You, I, I basically took what we jokingly called a non-profit or a for-profit nonprofit. It never made any money for us. It was a magazine that was growing and printing is expensive, but I knew that when she passed away, I was called to carry it on. I turned um, For Girls Like You Ministries into a non-profit, and uh, that way we're able to print uh, magazines for as many g- girls as can afford it through a subscription, but also girls that can't afford it. So we have partnerships all over the country with after-school programs and churches and organizations that are reaching girls that would never know we exist or be able to afford. Um, our resources. And so we're distributing that. We've got about Five or 6,000 girls right now that will receive the magazine um, every other month as as it releases, and we're looking for more. So if you have a ministry or um, uh, after-school program that wants to get magazines uh, into the hands of maybe it's inner-city girls or maybe it's um, uh, girls from unplanned pregnancies or whatever the thing might be, we always want to be reaching girls where they
0: are. Uh, You can find us at ForGirlsLikeYou.com, F-O-R-ForGirlsLikeYou.com. And is that the best website address where people can go to find out more information about the book, My Winter Season?
1: Uh, they can go there or they can just go to um, Amazon and anywhere books are sold. Look up My Winter Season. You'll see it. So,
0: Excellent. Jonathan, always great to have the chance to connect with you. God's blessings on you. Thank you for sharing your story today here on The Meeting House on Faith Radio.
1: Thank you, Bob. Always good talking to you.